Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome into our chatter and patter. I'm back from a week at the beach, Indian Beach, on what they call the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. So I had toes in the sand while they brought the latest indictment of Donald Trump, this time over January 6th. I entirely missed the news tsunami. Curtis Halk reported on Friday, ABC, CBS, and NBC eagerly doled out an astounding 162 minutes and 16 seconds. That's just through Friday morning. I'm sure he will uh, give us a new number soon. Uh, that is, at that time, was 19 times larger than what those three networks gave to the Devin Archer hearing in the House Oversight Committee, because the Republicans did it. They gave that 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Now, you know, Curtis said to me, well, that's not bad. I'm like, well, no, it is bad, considering how much less it is than what they gave to Trump. And we all know that the tone of that was, uh, you know, it was half people lying about Hunter because they, you know, you got to get fairness and balance in there. Uh, joining me to discuss all the latest developments, MRC media analyst and Sunday show specialist Kevin Tober. Welcome, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me. Maybe you can explain to someone who had their head in the sand <clears throat> what was notable and what you found in all the coverage last week. I noticed they work, broke out the word historic again yeah no yeah they did that uh during the it was the night of the latest trump indict well i don't know if it's the latest because i was kind of offline for about an hour i don't know if did trump get indicted over the past hour when i got <laughs> it's entirely possible yeah okay well i'll have to double check on that but the last i heard is the uh, last indictment was what thursday i believe or wednesday wednesday or thursday yeah it was yeah so yeah so that was on the, it was august 3rd um networks um we're very giddy over that. I th yeah. And of course, the word historic kept coming up during the evening newscast. And uh, I had to jump on that, and I blogged that. And it's, that was... It's overused. It's, it's yeah. premature. Let's just try to say that. You yeah. know, because when you're somebody who's Kevin's age, I could have said something was historic in 1985, and he'd say, never heard of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Although you're, you're pretty knowledgeable, Reagan and... Yeah. And whatnot, but I I'm just Re I love Reagan. I'm just saying uh, that they they prematurely say the word historic when they you know want it to be historic. Yeah, Democrats are always historic. Republicans are not. Right. Unless it's a unless it's a bad thing for Republicans like a Trump indictment, then it's historic. Yeah, I mean it is a word. Usually, often it's applied to Kamala Harris, the historic first black female vice president kind of thing. That's you. A lot of times, it's a first for. The first biological male on the U.S. women's soccer team. That's that's going to be the next historic thing. Yeah, I guess. August third was a Thursday. I don't know what day it is anymore. Now <laughs> you did have something else I should bring up before we get to the Sunday shows, and that is that uh, Catherine Harridge with CBS, who was who came over from Fox News, um, actually um, undercut a Democrat summation of the Devin Archer hearing. Yeah, she. Still kept her Fox News journalist or training. She hasn't been re reprogrammed yet by well, CBS. I always feel so, like they're going to hide her a little. Yeah, well, they do. They try to. Um, 
you know, usually when there's big Hunter Biden news and we look on the evening networks on CBS Evening News, we was wondering, do they have Catherine Herridge tied up somewhere in the <laughs> CBS News? Yeah. Yeah, because you know she's the one who would, is usually over that stuff. Yeah. All over that. She's been working on it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, all the networks should have a Biden scandal specialist. I don't think the other two really have somebody no. who's working that story. No, yeah. Well, she's clearly she's. You know, even though she's not a Fox, she's still acting like she's a natural journalist still. So I think what happened was that the Democrats tried to claim that that Devin Archer said that the yeah. illusion of access. Yeah. So sorry, I, I kind of got sidetracked. Yeah. So Devin Archer in those because remember, it was closed door hearing. Yeah. So during that hearing, Devin Archer was claimed to say, quoted by the, Daniel Goldman. Yeah, Daniel Goldman, the Levi Strauss heir. Yep. We always have to quote that, cite that. Um, he claimed that he was only selling the illusion of access to the Hunter, uh, to the Joe Biden um, family name and so forth. Um, so that was not, we found out later when the transcripts actually came out that that was not true. And this was by that Thursday, this, this the hearing was on Monday, and this was Thursday. That we, the transcripts were finally released, and that's when uh, Catherine Herridge had her report. And then, of course, it was buried on CBS's daytime streaming network. You're right, right. It wasn't like on CBS Evening News or um, CBS Mornings or so forth. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Catherine Herridge obviously gets credit for that, but. And sometimes, it, yeah, you'll you'll get it on cbsnews.com. Exactly, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's it, this is always part of the complaint, yeah. is that you're going to take, you, you actually have hard-hitting reporting, and you're like, no, we're, we're not putting that on Nora O'Donnell's show. Yeah, God forbid. But no, yeah, she was, and yeah, so she went on, and she was discussing that, and she said, like, yeah, well, this is not what, Archer actually said Archer was replying, responding to his question, saying, well, that's not really quite accurate. He did say the words illusion of access, but it was in relation to, no, I don't think that's accurate. You know, she was he was basically like repeating his question and saying, no, that's you know, there was more than that. And yeah, so that was good. That was um, random act of journalism from CBS. Well, I, I think it's unfortunate, obviously, if you're if you're a journalist and you want more access and more transparency it's too bad that that hearing they decided to make it a closed door hearing i don't know if since i wasn't here was that devin archer's condition or his lawyer like we're only going to testify. yeah I, I think that was yeah um i think there was just because he's under other has other legal issues i think yes. that was part of the deal and of course yeah you don't get the not i mean not that the networks would have aired it anyway or, or msnbc or cnn right but but you'd have video. You, have, you would have so, it on Fox, and you have it on video somewhere on the internet. You and could, we could, people could be airing that video all over the place, saying, "Yeah, Daniel exactly. Goldman's full of beans," because that's not what he said. Here's the video. Yeah, and well, he wouldn't be, wouldn't have been able to go out there and lie. Yeah, uh, and that, so that's the unfortunate part. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the truth came out still because the transcripts came out, and well, and this is part of the issue. And but it's also harder, obviously, of course. Most of the when we say that there's this news tsunami around Trump. There's 160 minutes in a, in a few days. And there's eight minutes on Devin Archer. Is part of the whole point here is Americans who loosely follow the news aren't really going to ever learn who on earth Devin Archer is. True. And, and, or why he matters. Or yeah. 
for example, you could argue Devin Archer was a hostile witness to Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden went, <laughs> Devin Archer did go to jail, yeah. which could be seen as bad for his, his, uh, his integrity as a witness. But I think well, he, it could also be seen that Devin Archer's mad at Hunter for not, for sort of leaving him out to dry. Well, Catherine Herridge mentioned that, I believe it was Catherine Herridge. Yes, yeah, so she mentioned, she was like, oh, well, yeah, he's a, you know, he may be, um, you know, under federal indictment, but this was under oath. Right. Now, so, the, and all of these networks uh, treated Michael Cohen as a wonderful witness, despite yeah. him being convicted of lying. Exactly. Uh, so we all know the way that works. All right. So let's turn to the actual Sunday shows yesterday. The big burner for Kevin on Sunday was Doug Burgum. Bergamentum. <laughs> yes, ba Brent Baker's favorite candidate. <laughs> he jokes that he's all oh, that's 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 our our best candidate because nobody knows who he is. And well, for 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 the old people, that reminds people of uh, the nineteen eighty eight primaries with Pete Dupont, uh, the uh, from Delaware, uh, who is actually Pierre Dupont. I thought you were going to say uh, twenty sixteen Jim Gilmore. Gilmentum. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's. I'm sure if, if if I was here in 2016, Baker would be like what well, I'm sure was going around saying, Gilmentum. Yes, but Brent Baker thought Jim Gilmore would never win that race because every Virginia governor's race, he presumes the Democrats are going to win. Uh, anyway, yeah. what was fun about this is how George Stephanopoulos really didn't want to hear Doug Burgum suggesting anything about the Biden scandal. So let's just take a, a brief listen. George, again, I just have to say, you guys, you, I just listened to 15 minutes of legal debate on this thing, and and uh, and I'm sure you could run it again, seven by 24. Uh, but what I know is that I'm running against Joe Biden, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And of course, not a mention in the last 15 minutes of, of you know Hunter Biden or the laptop. Americans out there do concern. There are people on the ground that are not watching these Sunday programs that are saying, you know, why is the why is the DOJ defending Hunter Biden, and why are they attacking President Trump. It does seem political to people. And I think that the folks in Washington have to understand that, you know, if they're surprised why Trump's leading the polls, it is basically people pushing back and saying, hey, we don't trust the system. And that's a bigger problem for America. But I may, hold up, but, but, but Governor, I'm asking you what you think. What, do you have an opinion on the fact that the President Trump tried to overturn the election as alleged in the indictment this week by, by Special Prosecutor Smith? I'm not a lawyer. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm and I am a someone who leads and operates businesses. It's something I care about the people of this country, and you're asking me, uh, you know, basically a legal question. We're focused on the future now, Kevin. This this is obviously fun for our readers because, and your readers of your video tweets, it because they get so upset that Republicans would sound like Republicans, and they just can't stand the fact that somehow. Republican candidates are going to downplay uh, that somehow January 6th isn't 9-11. I mean, yeah. they get really upset. They do. And they do not like, and then this, Todd also t talked about this, and which we'll get to later. But, yeah. You know, I, Stephanopoulos is, he was, he was really upset. You could tell he was like, as much as you can be, you know, he tries to be, you can tell he's just, yeah, that's not, you know, I'm asking you, you know, about, you know, January 6th and the Trump indictment. Why can't you answer the question? 
It's like, yeah, well, listen, you, you talked about this for 15 minutes. Yeah. And they did the entire time until the, and then Bert and they bring Bergram on the poor guy. He's like, I want to talk about my candidacy. Um, I'm sure he assumed that's what he was going to talk about or whatever the pre, the prerequisite was. Oh, you should, comes never, on he, you should never assume they're not going to ask you eight questions about yeah, Trump. True. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but the point is like, yeah, you fine. It's fair game. Your Trump's the, you know, one of the candidates and he's, you know, in the news constantly and indictments and whatnot. So yeah, it is fair game that you talk about, you know, ask questions about him, but the entire time is about Trump, 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 January yep. 6th, Trump indictments, this and that. And he's like, well, yeah, I'd like to talk about my, my, about my candidacy, but hey, what about Hunter Biden? You didn't just talk about that today. And <laughs> George is so angry. How and dare then, you? And then he followed up. He's like, well, listen. And then, you know, Bergram was, oh, listen, you know, this is legal analysis. And you guys, you guys talk about this 24-7. He's, well, he said, I guess this is why Baker likes him. He's this very, like, weird guy. Like, not that Baker is, but <laughs> Bergram is like, he's like, oh, yeah. Um, He's like, talk about you talk about the seven seven by twenty four. I'm like, what what does that mean? Yeah, I think he meant twenty four hours, seven days a week. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know but he it meant. did come out weird. Yeah, this weird. I was like, well, but anyway. So this is this weird guy. He's just like, you know, he's like, I listen. You guys talk about this all the time. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. This is legal analysis. I just don't want to talk about this. And he's like, well, this is not a legal analysis. This is I want to hear your opinion. Well, yeah, yeah. It, he was, it, it, it it obviously. Politically, you, they want you to have opinion on the latest Trump indictment. And, mm. and it's a perfectly logical thing for him to defer by saying, I'm a businessman. I came up as a businessman. That's what yeah. I want to talk about the economy. Yeah. Uh, it's a perfectly legitimate answer. It's just funny the way, yes, they can't tolerate you changing the subject from Trump. No. no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, uh, so, so good for Doug Burgum. We like. When you do that, and obviously, yes, Doug Burgum got elected as a governor because he was a successful businessman. That can, yeah. obviously, Trump's shown that that can, being a, a a very wealthy businessman, it works for you in a Republican race. Uh, so, yeah, Chuck Todd had on Jamie Raskin. And, you know, I may have said in the podcast before that Jim Comer hadn't been on Meet the Press this year, and I... I really went back to double check on that, and I I was incorrect. No, he, he was. Yeah, I he was on that. right after uh, they were sworn in, January eighth. Yeah. But of course, most of that was he was asking about Kevin McCarthy and how Kevin McCarthy was tenuous. He didn't really get to mm -hmm. the Hunter Biden thing, except he was trying to say, "How can you departisanize it?" And it's sort of like Chuck, you'll make sure it's never departisanized. Yeah. You know, I, the January 6th committee was never partisan to Chuck Todd. Yeah. I mean, this is where I always want Republicans on these interviews to throw it back in their face and say, well, a hearing's always going to be partisan, Chuck, because you're as partisan as they come mm -hmm. and watch him go. Gah, gah, gah. Yeah. <laughs> He's especially, as you've seen from Ron Johnson. Oh, yeah. He really dislikes it. When, when you, you call out his bias. Yeah, yeah. When you say you're a Democrat think with a Democrat wife. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's uh no. Yeah. He's uh. So, so they're on there, and uh, and obviously he goes to Raskin with all the softball questions about the Trump indictment. And what was intriguing about the first part is he's saying, "Well, Jack Smith picked three of the four 
charges that you guys on the January 6th committee recommended, yeah. which means, oh, you mean he's a good Democrat. That's mm -hmm. what you're trying to say. Oh, should he have picked up the other one where you guys wanted an incitement charge? And he's like, no, no, I can see what that's about. So, I mean, this is like Democrats having a Democrat chat. Mm -hmm. And then the closest he gets to a negative is him just throwing this weird softball where he says, well, um, the Hunter Biden thing, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Let's listen to a, a minute of that. We're going to have a campaign that is going to be filled with a lot of whataboutisms. We know the Republicans are going to talk about Hunter Biden a lot here. Um, and I know that the, a lot of the technical defense of, of the president with Hunter Biden is, well, the president didn't do anything wrong. But as Michael Kinsley once said, the real scandal in Washington is not what's illegal. It's what's legal. Should there be a code of conduct, something for family members here? Because it, the appearance of what Hunter Biden did is, is not good. Yeah, I mean, we know that there is a lot of, um, you know, influence in Washington that's based on people's family connections. And Last family names ties. matter a lot on K Street, as you know. You know, and I have um, repeatedly asked Chairman Comer on the Oversight Committee for us to look at that in a serious and substantive and methodical and nonpartisan way. But he's per instead decided to just pursue the Hunter Biden thing as a one-off, as a way to score cheap political points. He doesn't want to talk uh, about Jared Kushner, who brought back $2 billion, not million, $2 billion from Saudi yeah. Arabia to a company he created the day after the Trump administration ended, when there's still blood all over the Capitol. Uh, yeah, Chuck Todd has no concern over whether, you know, Joe Biden actually did any, any committed any crimes or any, do any wrongdoing. It's only a, the appearance that Chuck Todd cares about. Well, and he has no, uh, yeah, it's as, you just, it's as you just said. Yeah. It's the idea that they think these hearings are partisan. The January 6th committee wasn't. Where you had Raskin here, you know, saying there was blood all over the Capitol. You know, he's making it sound like 50 people died in a gun battle. Yeah. You know, which is what they've always done. They've always exaggerated what was a horrid day. You know, I mean, he, the only person who actually died that day is, was Ashley Babbitt. It was killed by the Capitol Hill. The only person, yeah, the only person shot to death, yeah. as opposed to the people who had heart attacks and whatnot. Yeah, they've always exaggerated that. And yes, and not, I mean, they've th never wanted to focus on Ashley Babbitt. And I'm not saying what she did was right. No, no. But you talk about a name that went down a black hole. Yeah, her. Yeah. All the coverage of the hearings. I mean, the hearings themselves never focused on that. Yeah. They weren't going to focus on, did the Capitol Police overreact? They didn't even ask whether the Capitol Police underreacted with the shamans. And yeah. Tucker's showing the clips of them <laughs> escorting him through the hallway. Oh, he wasn't escorting him through the hallway. They were just monitoring his movements or yeah. whatever. whatever. But, I mean, it's, it's this whole idea of Raskin comes on. You know, obviously, he, they did softball interviews with Raskin while he was on the January 6th committee. Here again... Raskin's getting a much nicer interview than the one that Comer got yeah. uh, earlier this year. He's not asking Jamie Raskin about whether he's a partisan. Yeah, and another thing with Chuck, of course, because he aggravates me, um, his comment at the beginning, he was like, well, you know, it's not in Washington, the real scandal is not what's illegal, but what's legal. And he's oh, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Yes, he's quoting Michael Kinsley. Yeah. Does that name mean anything to you, young person? 
I meant to look that up yesterday, and I, <laughs> I, I had to get to my third blog, my, or, or it was second blog. Well, you, this order is how you should know. Michael Kinsley was the co-host on CNN's Crossfire for quite some time. He was with the New Republic, but that was a classic quote of his. Oh, okay. That the scandal is not what's, sometimes the scandal's not what's illegal, it's what's legal. Now, you could argue that Chuck was trying to say, because this is when he asked the question about Hunter's optics. Yeah. Uh, but it, he, he's still, yeah, it's nebulous enough that you're like, oh, okay, isn't that cute? Yeah. Well, and, it's the same problem with the Trump indictment. Is what he did illegal or is it legal? I mean, and so that's what it sounded like him almost yeah. criticizing where Trump was. Yeah, so what about ism, Chuck Todd said at the very beginning, is so he's he's basically going on and on and saying, you know, look, by not pointing to Trump, we have to point to Hunter Biden. That's like what about ism? Well, you're what what about the what about ism about going after Trump? Like, yes, I mean, why I, are you just distracting from all the Hunter Biden scandals and go Trump, 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 Trump constantly? 24/7? This is one of the things I did notice at the beach that Greg Price, my little brother, pointed this out to mm -hmm. me too. Uh, that Greg Price said every time. Former Newsbusters intern, Greg Price. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I told my little brother that too. Uh, made the point that every time Hunter gets in legal trouble, there's another Trump indictment. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's what I was trying to get at. Like, yeah, Who's the what about it? Some, yeah, people. something's a little fishy here. I don't know. <laughs> well, look, we ha at Newsbusters have always hated the term what about is and because really, honestly, if you wanted to criticize us, you'd say this is the classic Newsbusters tactic, which is to compare one scandal to another scandal. Yeah. And they're not always perfectly comparable. But what we're going to see over and over again, we talk about a two-tier justice system, which is obviously going to be a big topic in the next 18 months. But there's also very much a two-tier scandal system in the media where every scandal on the Democrat side is poo-pooed, ignored, buried, forgotten about. Oh, we had to cover it for two minutes. Yeah. And now we're not going to bring it up again for seven months. Yeah, exactly. And that's the classic thing that makes me annoyed because they'll you'll see the networks will be like, oh, cool, they're covering the Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, they cover it for, you know, yeah, two minutes or 60 seconds, depending on if they do a news brief or not. And then they just, every other major or minor development from then on, they'll just ignore until it becomes so blaringly obvious that they have to cover it. If we were, if I was going to sit in a room with Chuck Todd and we could have an honest conversation. That would be fun. At a Starbucks, I would say to Chuck, all right, let's pretend I'm an independent voter. Ha 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 ha. That's, that's quite a stretch. Yeah. But this is what people would say. You seem so cartoonishly obsessed with Trump that that you're so you're so resistant to the idea of comparing Trump with any Democrat that you suppress and crush things instead of covering them with whatever two minutes it deserves you crush it and you complain that the Republicans are actually trying to focus on it yeah and we go back to the main thing was you you like to think that you're nonpartisan. You like to think that you're a force for accountability in government. When you yep. don't cover these scandals, you're not doing accountability in government. No. You think you're the forces of democracy? You're not being a Democrat, small d, yeah. by burying your head in the sand on the Democrat scandals. You know, again, you could at least cover them in a way that explains to people here's what the Republicans are trying to sell people. You could at least 
do bias by commission instead of bias by omission. Yep. I, I would much rather com- complain about how they discuss Devin Archer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's why I think having to monitor and watch and report on MSNBC and CNN is a lot less frustrating than the networks because at least MSNBC and CNN don't pretend, or at least more so MSNBC, don't pretend that they're these neutral, straight down the middle, fair and balanced journalists where the networks will depend, pretend that they are. Well, you know, Jake Tapper likes to pretend he's not. Well, that's why I said more MSNBC and CNN. No, and yes, I mean, like, I will put on Morning Joe. Like, I don't think anyone's really under the illusion that Rachel Maddow or... um, you know, Chris, uh, Hayes. Chris Hayes or Crazy Larry or, or, O'Donnell, yeah, or Joy Reid, or, or these, yeah, or Rule, yeah, are actually the entire primetime crew, yeah, Harry Melber, yeah, all, all the, yeah, all them, yeah. I don't think anyone under the illusion that they're, you know, straight down the middle, fair and balanced journalists, where there are people who actually think Nora O'Donnell is. Well, I mean, people think that about PBS or NPR, which uh, is which is ludicrous. And yeah. so, look, that's part of um, coming out of your bubble for a minute, yeah, is to realize. Not everybody's going to watch what you say and say, yeah, that was fair and balanced. I mean, they're obviously not aiming for fair and balanced. They're aiming for, let's make it historic that Trump goes to jail. That's yeah. sort of the, what we're seeing. All right, so this term whataboutism should point out, uh, Clay Waters had this. Uh, Peter Baker in the New York Times, their White House correspondent, did one of those annoying news analysis, which is like, it's an editorial. Yeah. News analysis isn't fooling anyone. And of course, he starts by going, former President Donald J. Trump now faces 87 felony counts in three different criminal cases, not to mention a slew of civil lawsuits and trials alleging all sorts of wrongdoing, E. Jean Carroll. At least in the court of public opinion, though, his defense can be boiled down to three words. What about Hunter? So the, the whole line here is, oh, they keep trying to change the subject. The... You know, they're focused not on the evidence against Trump so much as the foibles and scandals of Biden's son. That was a big thing on Twitter. Yeah. Biden's Hunter's foibles. Uh, uh, Baker wrote the wave of whataboutism from Trump world crested with this week's indictment. And of course, they called it a blockbuster indictment. I mean, Republicans, it's not just an indictment. It's a blockbuster indictment. So they always have to use those, again, dramatic words. Yeah. Bombshell. Bombshell. There's never a bombshell against the Bidens. No. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do some work on that. I gotta, I'm going to do a bombshell study. We'll get, get D'Agostino on that one. Uh, but it's, it's just funny uh, that they are, they, they are offended by the idea that you would say, okay, this side has scandals, so does the other side. You know, and Bill D'Agostino did a video where he tried to say, uh, look, this is this is the way they covered Ukraine and Biden and Ukraine and Trump. And you could say a lot, take a lot of those sentences from 2019 and change the, the names out. Yep. And Biden would fit in them. Uh, and that's part of the problem is that they're they are prosecutors on Trump and their defense attorneys for Biden, but they're not really defense attorneys on Biden. They're really trying just to crush it and not defend him. Yeah. Because defending him takes airtime. Precisely. So now uh, there was an interesting interview on Media Buzz yesterday with Howard Kurtz. Uh, he had on uh, on a panel Michael LaRosa, the former press aide to Jill Biden, uh, 
But he said something that I thought was interesting. He kind of deviated from the script for just a minute. And Mm -hmm. that was, uh, Kurtz Mm. was complaining about Biden not doing one-on-one interviews with the press. And LaRosa said, I do think it's a problem. I think they live in a bunker mentality often and treat the press as a threat, as a hazard, and not as an opportunity. And Kurtz was like, he doesn't, they think the press is, the, the press is a threat? He found that a little amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I wish I had Biden's press. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. They let him campaign in the basement. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that always boggles my mind. It's like the guy didn't really do a lot of interviews. He's still not doing a lot of interviews. I think Larosa's correct here is that they have a bunker mentality and they treat the press as a hazard. Well, why is that? It's because Biden is a gaff machine. Yeah, uh, Biden can't even handle a friendly interview. It, so. Right, and that's the other problem. Like, like he did with um, Nicole Wallace. He got up in, in, let's not say middle of the interview because we have fat chat, but the end of the interview, he got up like it was, because you normally you, you'd get up when the camera's off, you go to a commercial break. Biden got up like as they were going to a commercial break. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, thanks for having, uh, coming on, Mr. Biden, President Biden. And he just gets up and walks. It was very weird. It was like he, he, it's like he somehow forgot the conventions of TV. It's like, wait till she says, we'll be back in a minute before you stand up and walk off. That's where you had to joke either, you know, he really had to, you know, go see a man about a horse or uh, in the MSNBC's version, he really had to go talk to Al Sharpton and it couldn't wait another 10 seconds. No, but I think it's the, what you're missing there a little bit. What we're missing is, yeah, Biden gets angry, even with. Yeah. The slightest questioning. Yep. So any little bit of criticism, he'll. RNC Research is retweeting a video of his interview with NPR's Rachel Martin from 2019. Mm. And he's like yelling at her about how, you know, anything about. She again did the Chuck Todd thing. Well, this Hunter thing doesn't look good. That's like, that's the roughest thing you can say. Yeah. And he had a fit. Yeah. So, yeah. So even that doesn't look good. Not isn't good. Doesn't look good, yes. and that sets Biden off. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you called her all kinds of names. And well, yeah. I mean, and then he went on to say, nobody said to me this was a conflict of interest, which you're laughing at. Like, yeah, no, she she said your aides told you it could be a conflict of interest, and he said nobody told me it was a conflict of interest, which yeah, yeah. is simply not believable. No, at all. Um, but it shows you, yes, he is remarkably hyper-defensive of his son. And so, yes, nobody nobody is giving him the full blast of, now, let's discuss your son, the crackhead, with the with the Russian strippers and the stripper love baby. I mean, the guy would oh, literally yeah, explode. He would, yeah. <laughs> so you can only imagine why he uh, had to cancel the Fox News Super Bowl interview, of course. Yes, how yeah. convenient. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, if you can't handle uh, someone from NPR or MSNBC, I mean, how are you ever going to handle yeah. Brett Baer? Right. Oof. Yes, and Brett Baer is, I would think from a Democrat's perspective, is the straightest, almost the straightest journalist you could get. Any you know, perspective, he's really. He's certainly not going to submit himself to a one-on-one interview with Ducey, no. even though that would be fun. That would be a lot It'd of be fun. be fun for us. Yeah. All right, so let's shift to Monday morning. Uh Dasha Burns of NBC interviewed DeSantis, and they were playing clips on the Today Show. Curtis and I both got mad. I was watching it live. I drive my wife crazy when I start yelling at the television like, they can't hear you. I'm like, I know they can't hear me. 
Yeah, it's good thing I work nights when no one else is here because <laughs> I, I start yelling too. So. Well, but part of it was it was this whole idea again where she said, "Please, exp- uh, you know, please proclaim that that Biden won." And he said, "You know, anybody who put their hand on the Bible is the winner." And she's like, "You didn't answer my question." And this is where you. <laughs> You get so angry because it's like he did answer your question. He yeah. answered it the he way didn't he didn't say it the way you want to say it. You didn't right. Want, yeah. It's you, exactly what Stephanopoulos is doing to Bergam, yep. which is you can't just say it your way. You have to say it my way. Yeah, basically repeat after me. Say, yeah. I want to have a headline later where I can say, of course Trump lost. I mean, that was kind of the Chiron on Monday. Yeah. That's what they were driving. They wanted that thing so that, you know, the Trumpers could run around going, DeSantis is a rhino, you know. It's, yeah. And so this is what kind of boggles my mind. It's like, don't try to put words in your mind. Well, they, they, again, they don't do this to Democrats. Nope. And then, and then DeSantis is making a very strong point about how the Democrats want to remove all restrictions on abortion. That is literally the 2020 Democratic National Platform yeah. Infanticide. And yeah. she got all angry. Yeah, he said infanticide. Oh, she good. got all yeah. angry. Like, I have to break in. You know, only 1.3% of abortions are late term. All right. Well, I well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they, they don't want to make it 100%. I mean. Yeah, it's it's not a fact check. No. When I say the Democrats want to remove all restrictions, well, they're rare in late term. That's not even, a, that's not a rebuttal at all. It's certainly not a fact check. So if we do the math, the Guttmacher Institute, which is an arm of Planned Parenthood, proclaimed or reported in 2020 there were 930,000 abortions in America. So what's 1.3% of that? It's over 12,000. Now, if 12,000 late-term abortions, they don't want to see that as a, a tragedy, as a social problem. They basically want to say... Wave a flag, man. That's America. That's the freedom to choose. Well, yeah, if 12,000 people were killed in a mass shooting, how would the Democrats and the media act? Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah you, you, They call four people shot a mass shooting, yeah. not 12,000 babies killed. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And this is exactly what the independent fact checkers do. They've done this repeatedly. At, like PolitiFact, for example, is that Trump would do this thing where he started talking about... Uh, Ralph Northam, <laughs> you know, we yeah. would keep the baby comfortable until the parents decided they wanted him to die. Uh, yeah, that, well, that, well, that's mainstream Democrat uh, position. Now. Yeah, and so. they could get really unhappy and say, it, this is very rare, or this almost never happens. And uh-huh. it's like, no, 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 this is about the principle. And that is your advocacy of a right to abortion is so extreme that these ex- these circumstances, like, oops, yeah. the baby came out of the womb alive, they're still going to say, no, 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 right to choose. And they never get forced on that. They're pressing DeSantis on a six-week ban. Like, he's wildly extreme. You know what's wildly extreme, which is kind of what he was saying, is no limits. Yeah, exactly. How is no limits less extreme than a six-week ban? Yeah, and the, the libs, they love to say that, you know, Abortions, you know, they want to. The Republicans want to ban abortions, you know, even with rape and incest and life of the mother. Well, those three exceptions are real, are are actually rare. Yeah, a, a, a probably a fraction of one percent of, of the of abortions that, are, that happen in the country. So, you know, they're completely backwards as usual. Yeah, I think that the uh, 
that's the hard argument to make. If you are a someone who says abortion is always a sin, it's always a death. Yeah. And to have to try to argue in a situation like that, that no, a child conceived in rape, they're an innocent victim in this. They did mm-hmm. not, they're not that in the situation. That's a really hard thing for a Republican to try to advocate, especially in the face of a Dasha Burns. We tried that before. All right. I got to close with this, Kevin. I'm going to surprise you with this one. I don't know if you, I think you probably did tweet about this. Since you're from New Jersey, Chris Christie went to Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And he went with a gift. Ugh, yeah. He brought Vladimir Zelensky uh, handwritten lyrics from John Bon Jovi from his song, It's My Life. Ukraine can have Christie if they want. (laughs) Yes. Well, first, there's the funny idea of I didn't know there was a primary in Ukraine. Yeah, that's what I wrote. That's what I tweeted. And I was a... Yeah. Yeah, we talk about that off air, but yeah, so yeah, exactly. You're like what 50 points, 40 points down, depending on the poll, and you're going to Ukraine. I mean, I was, as I tweeted, I said, well, I wasn't aware Ukraine was having a primary this year. You know, how many delegates does Ukraine get in the yes. GOP primary? Yes, and then it's like, you know, I, I think what he's trying to say is that we think this song is inspirational when you're fighting for your life and, and so on. I, I get all that, but it's like also Chris Christie, you're running a Republican primary yeah, he's, and you're championing John Bon Jovi, hardcore yeah, Democrat. Exactly. Yeah. So he's wrong on so many fronts. One, I mean, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, Ukraine's not that cause isn't exactly popular in the GOP. He might as well take then, Bruce Springsteen. Lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well. Yeah, so you got Bon Jovi, a Democrat. You got, Ukraine, a Democrat cause, and all these other things, and then you're wasting campaign resources and time out of the country, not even in the, let alone not even being in the primary state. So you're not even in the country. All right, since so I'm in a New Jersey, since I'm in a New Jersey frame of mind, I'm like, he should have just brought a picture of him hugging Obama. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm still pissed at Christy for that. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. He cost. Yeah. No. I'm. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I just thought I had to. I had to tweak you a little bit on that one. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure the media will be all praising Christie for about. I did want. Although I did want to say, uh, uh, Kevin did a thing on uh, uh, fact checkers and and porn fact checking and, the fact checkers and porn and books, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna just leave it there to entice the reader into checking this out. Oh we have done repeated items on Newsbusters about books like the one called Gender Queer that yeah. have graphically sexual images. And there are actually moms out there that want to make sure that those graphic sexual images are in public school libraries. If you want to see what Kevin wrote there, it's it's a trip. It's fun. Uh, check out Kevin. Uh, follow Kevin on Twitter at KevinTober94, you young buck. The number 94, not the word 94. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you need to find out. What's going on in the world of media bias? I got to do it when I've been out of town. You got to come to Newsbusters. Once, Once, twice, twice, 24 24 times times a day. day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.